cold days are ahead, but hadn't made it here today. Amen. So um, if you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me. We're actually going to look at a, uh, let's look at Romans 10, 17. I'm going to, I'm going to start here at Romans 10, 17. We, over the last several weeks, have been uh, teaching about giving in faith and <clears throat> looking at different aspects of the Word of God as it relates to our giving. Our objective over the last several weeks have been to uh, free us from guilty giving, um, free us from shame and doubt and condemnation and fear as it relates to sowing our tithes and our offerings, uh, as well as building our faith up concerning how to give to God under grace. And as I was looking at this, and we have, we have more that we're going to be talking on uh, along those lines, but I wanted to kind of pause for a second and, and, and take a look at something that we've kind of talked about in our series so far, but I wanted to really pause and really draw it out, and that is concerning how to trust in the promises of God. Because we're talking about giving, we're talking about sowing and seed time and harvest and all those things, and about having faith in what God says. And, and, and I think it's so important that we recognize that when I am giving and when I am sowing, uh, I am already blessed. But how do I know I'm blessed? I know I'm blessed because what? God said so. God said so because of the blood of Jesus being shed, and that's what brings the blessing to my life. And I recognize that even though the word says that, a lot of people still have a hard time trusting in that promise from God. The promise from God is, is if you're saved, you're blessed. Because the blood of Jesus was shed, you're blessed. But sometimes we have to continue to hear the word of God on a thing such as that so our faith can be built up. Because just to hear it one time and to say it one time isn't necessarily going to be enough for people to really be anchored in that. Amen? Uh, to prove this, the Bible says in uh, Romans 10, verse, actually, uh, let's look at verse 13. Let's go back a little bit to verse 13 in the uh, King James. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now that's a promise, right? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? It says you can't call on him if you don't even know him or, or have a, had an opportunity to believe in him. But then how shall they believe in him of whom they have not what? Heard. And then how can they hear without a preacher? And what he's saying is, is, here's God who has this promise of salvation, but it's hard to believe in a God who promises something and you've never even heard of him. You can't believe in whom you have not heard. And then it says, you can't hear of God without someone, specifically a preacher, telling you about him. If you understand that, say amen. Verse 15 says, and how shall they preach except they be sent. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of what? The gospel of peace. Amen? You know what that is? What's the gospel? What do you think the gospel of peace is? Yeah, that's the gospel of grace. Amen? That's the gospel that says you are right with God, you are one with God because of the blood of Jesus, all is well in your life. There is nothing missing, peace is shalom. That means nothing's missing, lacking, or broken. That gospel is the good news that because of what Jesus did, it is finished. All is well, there is nothing missing, lacking, or broken as it relates to your life and your relationship with the Father. That's good news, amen? It says, and brings glad tidings of good things. Verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Esaias saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Verse 17, and this is the part I really want to focus on. Let's read this together. Ready? Read. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So is it fair to say that there will be no faith until the people have had an opportunity to hear. 
but not just hear anything. Amen? We have to hear what? We have to hear what? We have to hear what? Yeah, we have to hear the word if we want to build up faith. So we need to continue to hear the word of God as it relates to the promises of God so that we can continue to build our faith. It's not just good enough to come to church once or hear the message once. Uh, you know, sometimes, especially in the world changers nation, you might hear the same message 17 times. Amen? And I love what Dr. Dollar said. He said, hey, you say, I heard this message before already. I think Pastor preached this the other day. I think, uh, Pastor Archie, you, you preached this a year ago. Uh, I think, it is, and I love what he says. He says, you didn't get it the first time. <laughs> Every time I hear the word, man, there's something new that I find in it. I've, I've been reading these scriptures since I was four years old. I've been reading them for, what's four from 41. What is that? 35? 37. 37. I told y'all I'm math with my thing. <laughs> Over 30 years, I've been reading <laughs> These scriptures, and every time I read them, there is something new that literally leaps off the page. And it builds my faith up more and more and more and more. Every time I dive into these scriptures, I, I, I find the promises of God, and then I have something to actually stand on when it comes to living this grace life. Amen? So we want to share tonight with you um, more about how to trust in the promises of God. The goal will be to reinforce your understanding and belief that you are blessed. Say, I'm, say I'm, blessed. I'm blessed. That you are blessed as a promise from God. You're blessed as a promise from God. We just read it right there that it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? That's a promise. But do you realize that even though we know that promise exists, the moment sickness gets on some of our bodies, we begin to doubt and worry and fear? The moment the bank account gets low and we have to pay a gas uh, bill or a light bill or put gas in our car, fear tries to take over? And if we don't have the word of God in there and our faith built up, we will find ourselves overtaken by negative emotions that will contradict the promises of God. So that's why it's so important that we build ourselves up in faith from the word of God. So we want to reinforce your understanding and your belief that you are blessed as a promise from God because of who he is and what Jesus has done. Now you've heard in church a lot of the times that you are blessed, that God has blessed you, that God has saved you, but the difference is you're blessed and God has saved you not because of everything that you've done right, but because of what Jesus did. That's the difference. This is a salvation, this is a blessing that I don't have to earn. It's only one I have to believe in in order to participate in. Amen? What God has promised you is real, and by the time we're done with this whole message, however long it takes us over the next uh, few services, um, you will believe in his promises and you will be able to declare and decree that his promises are enough. Amen? Because, you know, Jesus died on the cross and he's only doing that one time. God sent Jesus to cover, uh, to, uh, sorry, not to cover, but to wash your sins and to take the punishment for you and to do all the things and then he made grace available for you. That plan was set into motion and it exists and it's real and it's already done. So you're not waiting on God to do something for you. He set up all these spiritual laws. He set up all these promises and all you have to do is get involved in them. Are you, are you understanding that? And it's by your faith that you get involved in what God has already set up. God has set up this entire system in the kingdom for you and I to benefit from. And it's time that we stop standing on the outside looking in, saying, how do I get that? Do I need to pray more? Do I need to give more? Do I need to perform more? How do I get that? It's time that we see it and literally say, it's there, it's done, it's mine, I'm going to walk in it. The only thing you need to do is believe. I said the only thing you need to do is believe. 
It's literally the same as if I told you, I don't have my keys on me, but if I have keys to a car and it's sitting outside and the car is there, it's paid for, for life, the insurance is paid for life, and then I got you a brand new house set up over there and it's paid for, the taxes are paid for, the utilities are paid for, and then I said, and as well as that, I'm going to give you a, a stipend salary of $1 million a year uh, and it's taken care of, the taxes are taken care of, I got this whole system set up for you for the rest of your life, you'll never have to worry about transportation, housing, or finances again, what is it left for you to do? No, you got to go get a job. No, you got to go apply for a car. No, you got to go get a home loan. Is that right? No, it's crazy. You already have, all that's already set up. The only thing is left for you to do is what? Take it. But before you take it, you got to believe it's yours. You got to make up your mind, do you believe the promise I just said, that if you come take this, it'll be yours? No, it's too good to be true. I understand what you're saying. But the way things work, Archie, is if I'm going to get a car, I have to qualify for a car. And so what I got to go do is I got to go fix my credit first. Then I can get the free car that you're trying to give me. No, to get a house... Since I'm a first-time home buyer, I know you're trying to give me a free one, and I know you're saying it's mine, but to get this house, I have to qualify. So I got to get my credit together. I got to get my score right. And if I can get my score right, then I'll be worthy of receiving the keys from you. And I'm sitting there saying your score doesn't matter. I've already set the system up, it's already done, it's already paid for, it's yours. You don't need to go and perform. Your score is horrible, I already know that. You got a 300 credit score. And you got, I, I need you to understand, it's gonna take you way too long to get that together. As a matter of fact, you may never get it together. <laughs> but I love you so much that I have already taken care of it for you. Now, how ludicrous would it be for you to say, I hear everything you're saying, but I'm going to go and work on this anyway. And that's what Christians are doing when we get into self-effort and choose not to trust the promises of God. He's saying, I set it up for you. It's all good. You're healed. You're whole. You're prosperous. Everything is done. It is finished. All I need you to do is call on me and you will be saved. The only thing that will stop a believer from calling on him is the fact that they're not believing. And the only thing that stops us from believing is our faith is not where it needs to be at. And how do we fix that? By getting into the word. If you understand that, say amen. So here's what I want you to understand. Now we can start the message, amen. God has made many promises to us all, but we need to know how to respond to those promises in order to receive them. The general answer is to respond in faith. And we've been talking about that, giving in faith, trusting God and all those types of things. But we can break that down even more into specific things that we need to do in order to conquer whatever issues may rise up against us. How many of you guys know that you're more than a conqueror? So we're going to talk about over this entire course of the message, there'll be seven total strategies that will work in every area of your life. I don't care if it's healing, finances, prosperity, or anything else that you need in life. Uh, as a believer, you are empowered to succeed in any situations that may otherwise defeat other people because you have the advantage, amen? How many of you guys know that we are in a spiritual battle, for lack of a better word? But how many of you guys know you already have the victory? I said we are in a spiritual battle, but because of God's promises in his word, you already win. God never promised us a battle-free battle life. 
but he absolutely promises and guarantees for the believer victory. People will, well, I hear what you're saying, but I've just been experiencing defeat. The only thing that can stop a believer is unbelief. Because otherwise, God will be a liar. I mean, one or the other has to be true, right? I, I can't have cancer in my body and God be the healer. Did he just say that? Absolutely. But, but, you, but you don't understand the, the, the symptoms that that person is experiencing. I understand the symptoms, but I know that God is greater than the symptoms. And let me make that more plain. I know that God's promise of healing is greater than the symptoms. Oh, I'm not saying the symptoms aren't there. I'm just saying that the healing of God has superseded those symptoms and the manifestation of healing must come to that body. Because that person is a believer. That person has called on the name of the Lord and that person is saved. That means that physical body must reverse its course and line up with the word of God. See, this is, this is radical for some people because they, they like to think that there's these other steps, but I'm telling you, either he's healed you or he hadn't. Because that's where we get into our religion and we start saying, there are things that I must do in order for the healing to take place because just believing hadn't worked yet. So there must be something I'm missing. There must be sin in my life. And then we start getting into work. So I got to fix the sin in order to qualify for the healing. Well, now you've just canceled out the blood of Jesus from the cross. Not because the blood doesn't work. It's because you're not believing. The house is there. The car is there. <laughs> Everything you need is there. It's just whether or not, whether or not you're going to engage and get involved. Amen? We have to understand that the enemy will do everything that he can to push us off the promises of God. That is his job. His job is to get you not to trust or believe anything. His job was to get you not to even show up tonight. Amen? Anybody have to press their way? Yeah. How are you going to get almost to church and then it just... <laughs> You know what I mean? People were probably tempted to say, well, you know, I'll just catch it online. And his, his job is to get you to stay as far as you can from the promises of God. Now understand when that happens that Satan sure enough understands the anatomy of man. You know what I mean by the anatomy of man, correct? That, that simply means, and if you don't know, I'll, I'll share it right now real quickly, that we as human beings are three-part beings. We possess a, well, we are spirit. Say, we are spirit. Okay? We possess a soul. What's my soul? My mind, will, and my emotions. And we live in what? A body. So there's three parts of man. And the enemy knows that if he can attack this body, he can get the mind to feeling a certain way. And then when that mind gets to feeling a certain way, what we're supposed to do is allow faith to rise up from our spirit and take over so that we get those emotions back under control. But oftentimes, if we haven't had time in the word, our emotions end up going another direction. If you understand that, say amen. So we find ourselves saying things and then agreeing with the negative symptoms in our life. And then once that happens, he's won the battle. We, the, the way you, you, you sit there and say, well, oh, wow, I hear what you're saying, and I see that now. I'm, I've been involved in that. I need, I need you to tell me, how do I stop that? Get more word. Get more word. Okay, I hear you, Archie. Get more word, but what, what word specifically? I'm so glad you asked. That's what we're talking about tonight. Get the promise of God on that situation and become a student of the word of God in that situation until you have mastered that thing literally and it's alive on the inside of you. 
Because your faith will be built up to such a point that the moment the circumstances try to come up, you will begin to all of a sudden just speak and almost fall out of your mouth the truth of God's word. You'll, <coughs> oh, oh my goodness, <coughs> by his stripes I'm healed. Why? I've been studying healing for the last two weeks. I've been listening to the scriptures on healing, singing songs about healing, putting all the pastor's tapes out about healing, reading books about healing. So the moment any circumstance or situation or symptom comes in my life that looks like sickness, my spirit and my mind immediately repel it because the only thing that's been on the inside of me is healing. So if sickness shows up, it meets the word of God. If lack shows up, it meets the word of God. If depression shows up, it meets the word of God. So you got to get the promises of God and the word of God on that situation. And then when you begin to study it and hear the word of God on that thing, your faith will be built up and you will be equipped and able to fight the battle that is set before you. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So all this studying, all this word is going into you and it's renewing your mind. So i got to make up my mind. I'm going to study the word. I'm going to do those types of things. But I'm only going to do that if I'm able to believe in what God tells me as it results in the blessing. i got to understand I have the blessing, again, not because I deserve it, but because of, but, but because of God's favor towards me. Say this with me. Say, I'm God's favorite. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm God's favorite. How can everybody be his favorite? Because he loves us all. <laughs> and he has already expressed his favor towards you through the act of Jesus on that cross. And he has set up the new covenant of grace for you to participate in. It's free. All you got to do is believe. Amen? So that all sounds great, doesn't it? But now we got to work on strengthening our faith in that truth. Because it's truth, whether we engage in it or not. But now we got to build ourselves up. So to strengthen our faith, first of all, number one, we must remember what God tells us and keep it in our hearts. First thing I got to do, if I'm going to strengthen my faith, if I'm going to build myself up, I got to get into this word and then I got to remember what God tells me and I have to keep it in my heart. Now that's either in the written word of God or what we call the logos, which is the physical Bible, or the rhema word of God, which is the voice of God via the Holy Spirit that's speaking in your heart. Sometimes you'll be in prayer and God will prophesy, give, you a, give you a word or, or give you a prophecy and, and show you something that is to come. You got to write that thing down. You got to capture that thing and you got to get that thing in your heart and remember it. Amen? Whenever, whenever God shows you something in the word or in the word in your heart, you need to write it down. What does, the, what does Habakkuk say? Write the vision down, right? And do what? Make it plain. So you can just play with it? No, so you can run with it. Everybody who can run with it. And there it is again. I can run with something when I got faith in it, when I believe in it. See, too often believers get a word from God or get the word of God on the subject and they never write it down, they never study it, they never roll it over in their hearts and so they're unable to run with that situation. Anybody ever had that happen? You, you, you know, you're, you're dealing with something, you'll come to church and you'll hear the exact word that you needed to hear. Anybody? Amen. Now, don't raise your hand on this, but let's be honest. Anybody ever had a situation like that? You hear exactly what you need to hear, but then you forget to write it down? And then Thursday comes, and you're dealing with Thursday situations, and you're like, oh my goodness, what was that word? See, when I write it down, I can run with it. Because why? I'm going to pull that thing out and I'm going to read it and I'm going to study on it. So we got to, first of all, remember what God tells us and keep it in our hearts. Go to Proverbs 4, verse 20. Proverbs 4, verse 20. We'll look at this in the King James. And I'm going to go all the way up to uh, verse 22. <clears throat> it says, my son, 
attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Now I think that's interesting. It says, these words from God are life. But they're only alive, they're only life-giving to those that find them. While God's abundance and God's life is available for us all, it has to be discovered. And if you've ever spent five minutes studying the Word of God, you understand what that means. When you get it in that alone moment, you, you, you know, you finally obey God to sit down and study some word and you sit down and all of a sudden in like five or ten minutes of reading, stuff starts jumping off the page at you. You're sitting there, you're like, oh my goodness, for they are life. You know, you're sitting there reading it and you'll be like, wait a minute. If you're dealing with a sickness or doctor gives you some negative report talking about you're going to die for something, you look at it, they are life and life jumps off the page at you. Wait a minute. I got life in Christ Jesus. Like revelation just starts coming out. Why? Because you spent time with that word and you're finding truth. This, this Bible, the word of God is full of life. But if we don't ever crack it open, you'll never find it. They say one of the best ways to hide truth from people is to put it in between two covers. Because many people don't like to read and they don't like to open it up and find all the life in there. Amen? For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. So I'm going to give you the first strategy out of the seven we talked about. The first thing to do, the first strategy to do to win in spiritual battle is locate the promise we are believing for in the word. In the strategy of building your faith and learning how to trust in the promises of God, you have to locate the promise we are believing for in the Word. As a matter of fact, I want you to try this this week. You're going to practice this. We're going to give you a little homework this week, amen? And next to that note you just wrote, take the number one thing that you're battling with and write it next to that. Whatever the number one thing you're battling with, write it next to that. And what you're going to do this week is you're going to do this right here. You're going to locate the promise in God's word concerning that situation. Because that's the first thing you got to do. You got to go to the word, open it up, locate the promise. Amen? Once we find the specific scripture that deals with our situation, you now have to understand Satan comes to do what? According to the word. Steal, kill, and destroy. You best believe that the moment you have found the treasure in the word of God, the thief is on his way. Amen? The thief is on his way, and opposition, show enough, will show up. But you'll be ready. Amen? Once we find a specific scripture that deals with our situation, we will encounter opposition that tries to steal it away from us. This is why we have to protect it and keep it in our hearts. Now, am I talking about the heart that pumps blood? Where am I talking about when I say your heart? Remember, the anatomy of a man, man is a spirit. He possesses a soul and he lives in a body. Now, my spirit has been sealed with the Holy Ghost. My spirit is perfect. My spirit is good to go. My spirit doesn't need additional improvement. Amen? So am I talking about, when I say keep it in our hearts, am I talking about my mind or my soul, or am I talking about my body? Yeah, my mind, my soul. I got to keep this word right here. How do I do that? Remind yourself. You have to take authority. You have to take control. And the moment the situation happens, you have to remind yourself what that promise said. By his stripes, I'm healed. 
By his stripes I'm healed. <coughs> By his stripes I'm healed. I don't, really, I don't care if you got to get some, some medicine. Holy Spirit say, take that cough drop. By his stripes I'm healed. And you just got to keep that in your mind. Why? Because I'm just meditating, as it says in Joshua 1 and 8, on that word. I'm rolling it over and over and over again. And despite the situation and circumstances and what they may be trying to show me, I believe God's promises more. Amen? According as his divine power. Oh, sorry. Second uh, Peter uh, 1. I'm trying to get this in. Second <laughs> Peter 1. Go there with me. Uh, verse 3. 2 Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 3. We're going to look at verse 3 and 4. It says, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto what? Life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Um, go to that in the uh, ERV, and we're going to go back to verse 3, and we'll read it up to 4. Let's break that down a little bit. It says, Jesus has the power of God, and his power has given us everything we need to live a life devoted to God. So I got everything I need to live this grace life how? From Jesus. Specifically from Jesus' power. So it's not based on my power, it's based on his power. I got everything I need to live a life devoted to God. We have these things because we know him. Not because we act perfect. Not because we do everything just right. We have it because we know him. And if he promises to grant us all this by his power, he's not lying. I'm glad to know God, amen? It says, Jesus chose us. Here, I thought I chose him. <laughs> he chose us by his glory and by his goodness. Verse 4, through which he also gave us the very great and rich gifts that he promised us. Now, when it says through which, what is that referring to? Go back to verse 3. His glory and goodness. Because of his glory and goodness, verse 4, he also gave us the great and rich gifts that he promised us. You are promised all this goodness from God simply because God and Jesus are good. Simply because they're good. Not because you deserve it. It's just simply because they're good. And through their goodness... They give you all these great and rich gifts that are promised. With these gifts, you can share in being like God. Is this a promise? Absolutely. And so you will escape the ruin that comes to people in the world because of the evil things they want. What they get is not what you're going to get. Poverty shouldn't be named amongst us, amen? Why? Because we have been given the promise of prosperity. Sickness is not going to be named amongst us, amen? Why? Because we have been given the promise of healing. Not because of how good we are, but because of how good he is. If you understand that, say amen. The question is, well, it was a whining song, wasn't it? <laughs> but the question is, seriously, I see this, do I believe it? I mean, I can do backflips. I can say this in Spanish, German, and Japanese, and, and, and do all this stuff to try to impress you, but none of that ain't going to mean nothing if you see this and still say, but. You know what it means when somebody says, but, right? It means just cancel out everything you just heard before that and now pay attention. I hear what you're saying, but you don't understand how much I sin. I hear what you're saying, but you don't know how many times I've been married. I hear what you're saying, but you don't know how much weed I just smoked. 
I hear what you're saying, but you don't understand. You don't understand. No, no, no. You don't understand. Verse, uh, go back to verse 3. That's why the Bible says, in all that getting, get understanding. I need you to understand Jesus chose you with your weed smoking, uh, never tithing, uh, hating God, uh, acting up, self. He chose you by his glory and his goodness, not by your glory and your goodness. You have been chosen. You have been chosen. And let me go one step further to help you understand. You have also been forgiven. The question is, will you believe it? Will you believe it? In this strategy of trusting in the promises of God, the second way to respond in faith is simply to believe. The second strategy to respond in faith to any situation that's going on in your life is simply to believe. You've read the promises. You got the word. You're keeping it in your heart. Now simply believe it. If you understand that, say amen. God has already given us all his promises. But it's up to us to learn how to lay hold to them. It's up to us to learn how to lay hold to them. Now, I can say that, and what it can sound like is, is you have to jump through all these hoops and take all these steps to lay hold to the promises of God, right? How do you lay hold to the promise of prosperity? Anybody in the room? You just said it. What? Don't be ashamed. Believe. Here I thought it was 17 steps to prosperity. It is one. Believe. Now, yes, I have to know the word, and I have to locate that promise, but then I just have to believe. What's going to happen when I believe the word? Well, see, now I've given the Holy Spirit permission to begin to minister further to me on that thing. He will now give me instructions, practical things to do. Amen? He'll tell me where to go, when to go, how to go. He'll tell me what to apply for. He'll tell me whatever needs to be done to practically see the manifestation of grace on earth. But if I don't believe the word that I've got in my heart, I will cut my ear off to the Holy Ghost. It's not that he's not speaking. It's not that the blessing is not available. It's not that I'm a bad person. It's just I don't believe that word. I have some doubt. I got fear. I got condemnation. I got shame. There's something there that is interrupting the signal of the Holy Ghost. You got to understand that fear, doubt, condemnation, shame, all those things, they're, they're, they're designed to get you to tune into a, another station, and that station is not where the Holy Ghost is broadcasting. Okay, Ben? Let's keep going. So, again, just to repeat that, the second way to respond in faith is to simply do what? Simply do what? Believe, yes. Go to John chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 1 and verse 14. John 1, 1 and 14. We're going to look at this in the King James. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Sorry, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, verse 14. And the word was made, what? Flesh and dwelt amongst us. Now, who is that talking about? Jesus. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. And he was full of grace and truth. The word is grace and truth. That's why we, we, we say that grace is not just a, Covenant, it's not just a dispensation that grace is a person. And his name is Jesus. Amen? So the word of God can bring manifestation or bring into manifestation all of his promises. The third, strat the third strategy is to settle in our hearts 
that the promise we choose to stand on to deal with that specific problem is God's will for us. His will is his word. I'll read that again. The third strategy is to settle in our hearts that the promise we choose to stand on in the word, the promise we find in the word and choose to stand on to deal with the problem is God's will for us. His will is his word. What is that saying? That saying, when you look into the word of God, you will locate God's promise on that situation to deal with that specific problem. You have to be convinced. You have to have faith. You have to be settled in your heart that it is God's will for you to succeed. If that word says you're blessed, if that word says you're healed, if that word says you're prosperous, you have to settle it in your heart. It's true. Because again, we read it. How, how many of y'all been reading the Bible for a little while now? And, and you know what I mean. Sometimes you can read something and then you hit life. And all of a sudden, what you just read ain't so true no more. And that's why you have to convince yourself and have faith and remind yourself of that word that you read so that you remember, oh, no, 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 that's, that's still true. By his stripes, I'm healed. My God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. That was true on Sunday. It was true on Wednesday. It showed enough true on Saturday. How many of you guys know that? What is it? Third John 2, beloved, I wish that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. If that's true on Sunday when I say it in church, guess what? It's true on Friday night at 2.38 in the morning when depression is trying to attack you. Amen? And I have to settle in my heart that this word is 100% true all the time and it is 100% good and it is always good for me. Mark 9, 23, let's go there. Let's look at this further in the word. <clears throat> Mark 9, 23. It says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, some things are possible to him that believeth. Two things. No, three things because you get a wish like a genie. Three things are possible if you believe. All things are possible. All things are possible. What is it that you're believing for? It's possible. What is it that God has shown you? It's possible. What is it that they told you could not be done, but God's word said it could be? It's possible. All things are possible, but it requires your belief. Your belief is the key to unlocking all the impossibilities and making them possible in your life. And that's why the devil's attacking your mind so hard. That's why he's trying to give you a different image of who you are because he doesn't want you to think that it's possible. But in the name of Jesus, I speak that all possibilities are released in your life because you believe. You got to make your mind up. I believe this word and this word is for me. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. Are you getting anything out of this? Good. <clears throat> it says, For verily I say unto you that whosoever, now this is interesting. Who's a whosoever? I say, who's a whosoever? Yeah. I am. Everybody. Anyone who wants to get involved in this promise. It'll work for him. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. 
There's a, there's a lot in there. But I, I, I only got five minutes left, so we're going we to unpack it quick. Are you ready? First of all, this is a spiritual truth. This is really a spiritual law, and it's true for anyone who wants to get involved in it. This is showing you the power of faith, the power of belief, the power of believing what you say. Because I want you to notice that it's not enough just to say something. It says, whosoever shall say, that's part of it, but that ain't all. You can say something and you just be talking. I'm sorry, that's just the way that came out. I don't know another way to say it prettier. But some people just be talking. Just be talking and ain't nothing changing in their life. Been going to church for 75 years. And just talking. What's missing? Well, the rest of the scripture most likely. It says, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt. Doubt is the number one enemy to your belief. People walking around, hey, brother, how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed, but they don't believe that. They just saying it out of religion. You know how we do in church, especially black churches. You know, the pastor say something all nice and rhymy and all pretty, and it's the new thing to say in the church, and everybody walking around and saying it, but do you believe it? You're saying it because it's pretty. You're saying it because it feels good. You're saying it because it's the popular thing to say right now. But do you have a revelation on it? Do you have a relationship with that word? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? And if you do, do you have a relationship with grace? Because if you do, that word, you would have found life in it. And when you see life, there can be no doubt. Don't know about you, but I got three kids, and when I saw the sonogram, there was no doubt that that was life. When you experience life, when you discover life, there is no doubt. It makes you change all of a sudden how you're acting and responding because you have discovered life. You know, scientists do that a lot in different situations, especially when they're out looking at space, whatever. They're looking for signs of life. And when people find signs of life in different scenarios, they begin to change. It changes all protocols. It changes all ways you handle that circumstance. And when you find life in the Word of God, you won't doubt. You'll look at that mountain and you'll say, no, 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 no. Mountains can't stand against the power of Jesus that's on the inside of me. I mean, my Jesus walks on water, and I'm a joint heir with him. Uh, my Jesus uh, had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he hung out with them in a fire, and they came out, and they were nowhere near burned. My Jesus is the one who said, it is finished, and all is well. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Savior. He's Jehovah. He's the Holy Ghost. He's all of that. He is Christ, and he's in me. I mean, there is no way I can fail because I got life on the inside of me, and I got a relationship with this life. So no demon in hell, no devil, no sickness, no disease, no poverty, no nothing can't stop me because I'm alive. That's, that's what the believer understands. So just saying something, that's a part of it, but that is nowhere near the key. It says, and shall not doubt in his heart. Where's my heart again? So you know I don't know where you, whether you really believe or not because you look like you do. You sound like you do. But only you and God know whether you really do. Now, given time, I'll see the results or the lack thereof in your life. But I'm not here to judge you, and it's nobody else's business, to be honest with you. That's between you and God and the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and the process that you're in. But I'm just telling you the truth, that no mountain can stand against you if you choose not to doubt, but instead believe. And how do I know you believe? Because when you're speaking to that thing, you know and you believe and you have faith, and guess what? It moves. When you study this out, Jesus wasn't just talking metaphorically. He was literally talking about if there is an actual humongous big old rock, also known as a mountain, 
in the way of a believer if they speak to it and don't doubt it has to move now understand that a believer is also being led by the Holy Ghost so a believer, believer is not just walking up to a mountain in vain and saying move I want to see if this works move no a believer is being led by the Holy Ghost so they're only going to deal with things that he tells them to deal with and any time you got a word from the Lord, it works. How can you say that? Peter had a word from the Lord to get down out that boat, didn't he? And all of a sudden, physics didn't matter anymore, did it? Whenever you have a word from the Lord, the supernatural is poised to get involved. So there's no need to doubt. Amen? So it says in... Uh, be, uh, that says uh, to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. <laughs> the good news is he shall have whatsoever. Whatsoever he's saying. Now understand that whatsoever he's saying is whatever the Holy Ghost is telling them to say. It's whatever the word is saying to say. He's not just saying vain things. He's saying things led by God. And that's what he can expect to have. Amen? Last scripture, Matthew 17, 20. This is all about settling. This is the word that helps us settle in our hearts that the promise we choose to stand on to deal with any problems is God's will for us. This is how you settle things. Matthew 17, 20. It says, and Jesus said unto them, what? Read that with me. Because of your, what? Unbelief. He said, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, here we go talking to mountains again, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall do what? No, it's going to laugh at you. No, gravity is going to take effect. No, he says, if you talk to this mountain and tell it to move, Yonder hits, and he says, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. What I love about Matthew 17, 20, he don't just stop at the mountains. He said, if you have faith, what? Size of a mustard seed. He said, this don't even take a lot. He said, this, this don't even take a lot. Belief and settling and trusting in God's word is so powerful, faith is so powerful, that if you just have a little bit, nothing is impossible for you. I have to trust God's promises. We got to trust God's promises. We have to believe God's promises because he says that if we can get the belief issue taken care of, if we can get the confidence issue taken care of, if we can deal with the doubt and the condemnation and the fear and kick that out, then whatever it is that you're believing God for, it's possible. What are you believing God for? What are you trusting God for? What have you written on your mirror? What have you put on your refrigerator? What do you have in your diary? What is coming up every day you wake up in your spirit? What is that thing that you're believing God for? It is possible. It just 100% requires you to believe. Not doubt. Believe in your heart. Stand in faith. Archie, I've been standing, and I don't understand what else to do. The word says after you've done all you can to stand, do what? So you stand right there and you believe God's word. You don't let anything move you. The concrete under your feet is the word of God. It is the promises of Jesus. And all of that is founded on the blood of Jesus and the word of God. And when Jesus was on that cross, he said, it is finished. That's all that you needed to know. The job is done. The work is done. It's finished. My job now is simply to believe. And he does the supernatural miracles. So you got breakthrough in your life. I said, you got breakthrough in your life. Nothing else for you to do but believe. Say, I got breakthrough. Now, you just said something. You just spoke to the mountain, but is there doubt? Say, I got breakthrough. See, you said it, but is there doubt? Say, I got breakthrough. 
Now, you've got to figure out what that's about. You've got to figure out, is that in your body? Is that in your finances? Is that in your life? Because, again, the keys to the kingdom have already been given to you. There's nothing else to do to earn it. You just need to believe it. Say, I got breakthrough. So you got to understand that if you got breakthrough, that means you got healing, you got prosperity, you got nothing missing, lacking, or broken. You are fully in peace. You got shalom. Say, I got breakthrough. But you got to decide, am I still doubting? Because I don't know about you. If I'm really getting this in my heart and I'm really understanding this, then that means that I am seeing something. I am looking at a mountain right now. It's the thing I wrote on that paper a little bit earlier. And I am seeing that thing as already done. I am speaking to that mountain right now. It might be mustard seed faith, but I am speaking to that situation right now. And I'm saying I got breakthrough. You got to move. You cannot be here any longer. I trust God. And if you know that you know that you know that you know that you know it's done, that just simply means you know him, then I want you to stand up on your feet and say, I got breakthrough. Okay, sit down, sit down. Sit down, I know that caught you off guard. We're going to try that again. Because this is what it takes to live a grace life. Amen? It only takes your belief. But who knew believing was so hard? Can I be honest? Who knew truly believing could be a challenge? But here's the, here's the good news. Once you believe, it ain't hard no more. Once you experience this grace life, it's not difficult anymore. It is a fun and exciting journey of watching God overtake you on a daily basis with his love. So I want you to see that mountain and now see it move based on the promises of God. And then I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to say, I got breakthrough. Yes. There you go. See, this thing has to be alive in you. It is no good if it's alive in just me. I can't, I can't transfer my faith to you. It's, it's, it's your faith. Amen? Amen. And, and, and we're just on strategy three, and we'll get to four, I guess, on Sunday, but because but, my time is up. But, but you, you now, you got enough. That's enough to chew on. Settle this in your heart tonight. And work, work on it. Work on it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come ready and expect it on Sunday. And, and, and just know that all is well. Even if you don't get step four, all is already well. See, I don't want us to get caught up on all these methods and stuff. Step four is going to be good, but you're good already. Amen. Step four is just to help you further anchor yourself. That's all four, five, six, seven going to do, just help you further anchor yourself in the same truth that says all is well. All is well. All is well. When you get home and that situation tries to stare you in your face, all is well. Pull that scripture out. Because sometimes you need a little bit more than all is well. <laughs> Pull that scripture out and read it. Sometimes you get to that scripture, you'll repeat it, you'll say it, and tears will still be coming down your face. What's the next step? Now I, I might have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Building up my most holy what? Faith. See, so you got all these tools given to you to keep you in your faith place. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit that the tears are coming down and I'm still starting to feel a little down. Man, put on that worship music. Put on that worship music that builds you up. Call a believer. Get on the phone and y'all pray in the Holy Ghost together. There, 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 there's, there is no reason for us to fail. You are more than an overcomer. Why? Because God loves you. Amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Father God, we thank and praise you for this word on tonight. And I thank and praise you right now that all is well. We trust in your promises, Lord God. We receive your word on tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, let's just take a few moments. Let's give tonight. Let's give tonight. Let's give. And you're not giving to get, are you? I said, you're not giving to get, are you? No. Why not? 
Because we already got it. Amen. But givers who got it give, right? Yeah, so let's do that. Let's honor God. Let's honor God with our giving. If you're doing your tithes, do your tithes tonight. Amen. If you're doing an offering because you did your tithes already, do an offering tonight. Amen. If you ain't did your tithes and you ain't did no offering and all you got is two copper coins, what you going to do tonight? I'm going to trust God. Amen. I'm not going to be condemned. I'm not going to feel like I'm worthless because look what they're giving. You should be looking at what they're giving anyway. You trust the Holy Ghost. If you got an offering of the more versus the much tonight, that's okay. That's what the widow did with the, the, with the two mites. Jesus said she put in more than all the other rich people who put in much. So if you got a more offering tonight, that's between you and God. And it's just fine with him. The key is giving with a cheerful heart. That's a heart that believes and trusts God. That's a heart that's not all caught up in all the lawful logistics. That's a heart that just says, Lord, I love you, and I'm so excited that I heard your voice, and then I'm trusting you with this offering, and I'm full of joy. And if you sit there and say, I don't have a dime or a penny to my name, your heart to give is good. The Bible says that God gives seed to the sower. That's a person who is willing to give. And my prayer, my declaration for you is you'll never step foot in the house of God again with the heart to give and not have it to give because he gives seed to the sower. But even for you, you are not to feel condemned. God still loves you. Amen? Amen. Well, let's take those seeds and let's hold them up to God. Father, I speak over these seeds right now in the name of Jesus. We declare the harvest that has already been promised because of who you are in our lives. We thank you for the spiritual law of seed, time, and harvest that even goes into effect when we plant seed into your good ground. We'll be all careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise for the result that comes from it. We are already blessed, so we receive that in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Ushers, you may serve the people. Really quickly, if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, before you leave out of here, get down here and get saved. Amen? Or you may say, well, I'm already saved, but I haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that thing you're talking about, and I want to learn more about that. If that's you, then come on down to the front. We'll pray with and for you. We'll show you in the Word where it talks about that and make sure you gain full understanding. And last but not least, if you don't have a good church home and you have not joined this one, we welcome you with open arms. Uh, this is the best church in Texas. I say it all the time. Now, some people say, well, y'all don't have the best keyboarders. I don't even see the keyboarders. And you don't have the best this, that, and the other. Well, no, you got to understand what I'm saying. When you got to see this with your mature spiritual eyes. If this is where God has called you to, it's the best place for you. There's no better place than the place God has for you. And so you'll know in your heart if God's called you here. There'll be a tugging and a pulling. There'll be a witness. And this is where you get fed. So if this is the place for you, then don't hesitate. Don't wait till next week. When we all stand to our feet and get to talking to one another, if you already know this is for you, come on down here to the front, and we'll pray with and for you on today. So I'm going to ask everybody to stand to their feet real quick. Just kind of look around the room and kind of, you know, see if anybody needs prayer. Give each other thumbs up, nod, give each other the what's up, uh, and see if anybody needs prayer for any one of those things. If everybody is all good, just give me a thumbs up, and we'll go ahead and prepare to be dismissed. Amen. 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 Well, come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise for all being well in the house. Well, guys, I just want to thank you again for just trusting uh, Pastor Melissa and I uh, with sharing the word with you on a regular basis on behalf of Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy. Uh, it is an honor, it's a privilege, and, and we're having a blast doing this. It's almost been a whole year of us having live preaching here, and I hope you're getting what you need and that you're growing and that you're receiving uh, from it. For those who are watching online, I just 
discovered that folks is commenting on stuff and, and saying stuff. Somebody came in to me the other day, you see my comment? I was like, I, I didn't even know you was commenting. Uh, so thank you guys. Continue to comment and, and what do they say? Comment, like, and share. Um, you know, about the message and about what's going on. We just, we just want to spread the gospel of grace. We want to do our part in helping Dr. Dollar and Pastor Taffy uh, and this world changes nation. So thank you, thank you all for the opportunity to do that. Raise your hands and be prepared to be dismissed. Father, we thank you that all is well. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise that as we leave this place, we go trusting your promise. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the almighty God. To him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, you are dismissed. Amen. Love you guys. Have a good night. See you Sunday.